Welcome to the Raise Podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We're here to raise your confidence and inspire your creativity. Each episode, we will have a different guest who will be discussing our Raise Word. The Raise Word is a word that will encourage you or empower you and at times inspire you to explore the word a little more for yourself. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Raise Podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We've had a great season three so far and we've looked at some really interesting words. And this one will be for absolutely everybody because today we are looking at the word self. And I'm going to be talking to James Pearson from All We Think We Create. Is that correct, James? Absolutely bang on, yeah, perfect. Thank goodness. <laughs> Welcome. Um, James, before we dive into all that self and the creative self and everything means to um, means to you in terms of your profession and what you do, what does the word self actually mean to you? Right. It's probably one of the most significant words um, I think I can think of uh, mm. when I think of, of life and humanity. But are you familiar with the Rouge test? I don't think so. Tell us all. Okay, so life starts obviously when we're born and the Rouge test was invented to determine a point in time when we become aware of ourselves as a separate organism. And basically the idea is that we paint a small red dot on a child's head and the point at which the child looks in the mirror and realises that the dot is on their head and not a picture on the wall is the moment that they become self-aware. Wow. So that's that's where self begins. But I think throughout certainly the last few years of my life, I've been channeling all my energy into trying to work out what it means to have a self and how to define that self. And really the conclusion is that the self is not just a construct of who you are, but it's a construct of who you are with other people. Yeah. And then I read something in a book and I forget which one, and it blew my mind. And that was the fact that we believe that we are individuals and yet our lives begin almost symbiotic. We begin joined to another person. So the self is something that comes completely sort of alien to the, to the way in which we are created and birthed into the world. It's, um, it's an unusual thing. Wow. Well, I'm glad we didn't start too deep. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't start at the beginning. That's yeah. uh, right back at the beginning. Well, so uh, is there a, a specific time where everybody will start recognising themselves? Have they, have they said, and this is when it begins? Presumably it's going to be different for everybody. It will be. So I think it's within a period of time. But mm. if you sit that child in front of the mirror, I mean, you'd have to be very scientific about it, wouldn't you? But if, if you were and to sneaky, do that Because if you put a red dot on a two-year-old's head, they're, they're going to be very excited that they've got a red dot at some point. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the point at which, I mean, it's 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 vague. I, I don't think it's that specific. Obviously, yeah. when the child stops touching the mirror and starts touching themselves, they realise that the red dot is on themselves. Yeah because they have a concept of self. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
Well, it would be um, if you can at some point, if you will be able to remember what the what the book is or maybe do a little bit of digging and we can pop it in the show notes because it sounds like a right. fascinating book. Um, it might have just been a, a, a byline in some psychology book, sure. so it's probably not about that subject. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can dig it out. Yeah, but the Rouge test—that sounds—that sounds really interesting. So, James, what was the kind of? You said a couple of years ago there was a bit of a, a catalyst in in really starting to think about um, yourself in greater detail. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, let's talk about COVID. Actually, let's not. Um, but it happened during <laughs> it happened during COVID when yeah. um, the world was grinding to a halt, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah, and we all had to face a different version of reality. Yeah, and that version of reality challenged a lot of my concepts about self, and specifically the difference between my real self and my ideal self and I think there's a there was a version of me that was or had been suppressed for a number of years because of fear of what other people will or how other people will receive that version of me Mm. so there was a lot of masking there was a lot of considering how I how I thought I appeared to other people, not necessarily how they perceived me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, which is a whole whole other subject. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. so during COVID, I began to to break this wall down really. And I, I I got this kind of I don't really care about pretending anymore kind of feeling. And I actually felt very liberated. Mm. And I think it was as a result of a number of things happening. It was just it was like the perfect storm of things in, in my life at that time. Two-year-old son. Yeah. Um, the fact that we got to spend more time together as a family, it was all influencing my opinion of, of, of myself, really. And I got to thinking that, you know, what, all the things that I held very, very dear to me that I thought were important really aren't important. And this this thing, this time and this togetherness and our our joy of being a family began to take over in my mind. And I thought, I just want more of this. Like, this is what I want. And in order to do that, I need to be sort of free to be able to, to express myself in that way. And so the shackles started coming down. I thought, oh, I don't really care what people think about me anymore very much. And I'm going to put myself out there. And, and as I did, I gradually became aware of the fact that if you put yourself out there, you don't scare people away. Well, you might scare some people away, but you actually attract the people that you want to be around to you. It's like a, it's like a reverse psychology thing. Mm. Um, if you're not afraid to be yourself, you will be amazed at how many people flock to you because they see something that, you know, in themselves that they can relate to and it creates connection. So that's really where the idea of, of the self-identity amidst other people comes from, because I think the more you tap into that the more you build a self-concept which is saying uh i'm comfortable with who i am and you know what i i love life more because i have more people that are like me around me i'm not pretending i'm not having to hide things and i might push some people away and some people might you know reject me for that but at the same time i think the connection with the people that that come in is stronger and far more enjoyable as a result yeah so how you say about putting yourself out there what what did you do James how did that kind of um how did that look okay so at the end of covid 
towards the end, I was, I think, uh, really just like treading water like everybody else, trying to figure out how to move my business then into the new world order. Mm. And it was it was a, a kind of a tragedy of just reaching a certain point where things were going to go in a different direction. And the, the, the whole COVID situation screwed that up like it did for many people. Mm. And trying to rebuild that proved very, very difficult because attitudes had changed. Um, and I've always been of the opinion of the, like, I want to work with other people. I'm very, I'm very sort of open-minded in the sense of bringing people together. I want community. I want to build something that has mm. lots of people involved. And attitudes were just different and it became an incredible struggle. And I thought, well, what have I got now in this new thinking? Uh, what what does that mean to me? What does that mean to James 2.0 moving forward? And I took a, a while to think about it and just realized all of a sudden that I wanted to get out there and I want to talk to people. I want to help people. And I thought probably the best way to do that is to become a counselor or a psychotherapist or mm. a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And so I set off on that path um, during COVID, which was pretty challenging because they insisted on in-person training. So um, there I was driving through a totally evacuated world on the way to college to, you know, wow. to go through security gates and, and all this kind of stuff to begin that training. And it wasn't until nearing the end of my first year when my tutor was um, leaving to go to a different job. And I was feeling devastated because this person had sort of carried me through this journey of self-realization from starting the course to ending the year. Yeah. And I felt lost and I had, I felt like my support structure had collapsed and this other tutor stepped in. I thought, oh, I really don't like the look of him very much. Mm -hmm. And um, he turned out to be the most lovely guy in the universe. And we connected over a single moment where we were asked to draw a mask. And on the mask, we were to draw uh, basically two halves, the, the half that we show to the world and the half that we keep secret. Wow. And completely, really subconsciously, I drew my mask in uh, a pink and a blue. Okay. And I held it up and I said, well, this mask, I think, represents kind of like the masculine and feminine energies of, of me. And my, my tutor sort of leaned back and he said, um, oh, <laughs> you need to read the Red Book by Carl Jung. And I was like, I have never heard of Carl Jung. I have never heard of the Red Book. But it was like a light bulb moment. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do that. Mm. So went home, got the book on Kindle and... Um, downloaded it it was one of the most expensive uh kindle books i've ever bought and started reading it and suddenly these all these light bulbs are going off like oh there's this whole other world of um transpersonal psychology and connected wisdom and my mind just just set on fire really i thought this is this is where i needed to be so it's kind of serendipity i guess that all these things connected and i set off on a project to write a book that was going to be based on some of Carl Jung's theories about the collective consciousness, which is the idea that all around the world, things happen to which we are all connected and we all share like a common uh, understanding or emotional experience. Mm. I thought the simplest way, that sounds very complicated. The simplest way of explaining it is, I thought I boiled it down. I thought, what's the simplest thing I can do? And that's to go online. I chose Instagram 
and just ask people that come into my awareness mm -hmm. organically i would ask them how they're feeling and if they would like to share a single word for my project really to sum up how they're feeling yeah and lots of people shared some amazing responses including things like i cannot put it into one word and i was yeah, like that's yeah. absolutely right you can't do that but try yeah. yeah and they did and they were very gracious and i began to put the words together and really just fill in the blanks to create what I then called meditations, which were really um, ideas designed to penetrate past a layer of consciousness to get into writing about things that I would not necessarily have thought about. Okay. If you can follow that track. Yeah, yeah. So you're using other people's kind of thoughts and connectedness to then create something new, write, uh, write a new idea about people's self and that kind of thing. Is that kind of right it, it's it's exactly right if, okay. yeah if you, if you think if you think about it this if you think about it this way like um in our daily lives we have we're so caught up with our thought processes and our own experience that we only go so far into ourselves like there's a point at which we stop we drill down and we stop because we have like a, a level of self-awareness now if somebody challenges you to think about something that is outside of your awareness you can go a bit deeper so I was going down into, I think, parts of my subconscious that weren't necessarily part of kind of like my daily experience. And then I'd pull that back up and write about it. And the level of connection through that process was absolutely jaw-dropping. The, the conversations that I started to have with people on Instagram about things and the level at which they felt connected to the things I was saying it was it was so spiritual and kind of like an awakening and i felt there is definitely something to this mm. it's beyond explanation and it's beyond really understanding the moments when the words would quite randomly because these people aren't in any particular order they just they just come in from instagram from anywhere in the world mm. and the words would balance mm. and 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 be polar opposites and talk about concepts and i, I still to the day to this day i still can't get my head around how that process works but it does and that the writing of that book that the journey from start to finish basically redefined my idea of what it means to be myself who I am where I'm going what I'm doing and what's important in life wow that's that's really exciting I mean as you know the whole raise podcast is based on what I call a, a raise word so it's one word mm -hmm. that we do every week that's designed to raise confidence and inspire creativity and then I just have the same questions in the Facebook community group every day for that week so what does it mean to you what's good and positive about this word what's bad and challenging but it it's amazing the different things that people come up with and there are some times where I'll put a word out there and I'll think this is going to really might spark a bit of controversy, definitely going to get conversation going. And there's an absolute radio silence. And <laughs> other times where I put a word out there and think, oh, blimey, this is, I'm not sure about this one. And there'll be loads and loads of comments and discussions or people will get in touch with me um, outside of the group and say, this has just blown my mind and I've been quiet because I'm trying to work through it all. Mm. Um, but is that connectedness just it it oh I've done done this before on the podcast. It it it's difficult to put uh, my finger on it, but it kind of explodes the word, doesn't it? Have you got a word for right. this, James? 
when it kind of enhances the word and makes it something so much bigger. Yeah, I don't know, really. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to put your finger on, isn't it? But it just kind of, it, it instead of just like 3D or even 4D, it's like a diamond and there's so many different facets to it because everybody's getting involved and there's so many different ways of looking at it in different colours and things. I find it really exciting. Right, um, like everybody has a different everybody has a different experience of yeah. of the language and what it means to them absolutely yeah and then you're mm. talking about you know it's not just in this country it's globally so then you've got all the the different words and how one word might mean something to someone but something completely different to somebody else because of the language and the way it's communicated and i just find it fascinating just fascinating mm. even just thinking about one one word. Let's dial it back a little bit because I can see we're going to get really overexcited otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about what you were doing before COVID because I'm well, I'm right in thinking it was a, a really kind of a creative vein what you were doing then. Tell me a bit right, about that. Right. So, um, yes, rest, restless being that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the sort of the major point, if you rewind, 14, 15 years now, uh, I was filming weddings. Yeah. And that sort of came out of a misstep uh, of going to university and doing science and then coming out of university and realising, actually, I'm into arts. And um, so I had to drop the science and go into arts and just picked up wedding filming, which at the time when I started, it was a very different place to where it is today there were maybe five or six of us up the country it was a very strange it was a very strange environment but um yeah so cut my teeth on that really and did that for about 12 years and felt myself continually wanting to innovate like I couldn't I was so restless Mm. I couldn't stand still so I was buying gear over from the states that they were using because they were miles ahead of us and um jumping on the then very very trendy uh cinematic score angle so Mm -hmm. wedding films were becoming um far higher quality they were moving from video to film i think is the best way to describe it yeah yeah that's a really good way of explaining it yeah as as camera people because the technology progressed we we moved away from using big shoulder mounted sort of bb old bbc type ideas yeah to actually thinking about lenses and focal distances and and you know the, the the actual sort of complex photographic side of things and delivering looks and i don't think that had ever really been part of the wedding industry before that point so that was a really cool time um and then ultimately family planning sort of decided to put that on the shelf because we thought we don't really want to be out every weekend it's not going to work. Not really um, conducive, no. <laughs> and I'm glad. And I'm glad we. I'm glad we took that path because it. I was right. It wouldn't have. It would have been awful. Um, so we hung up the hung up the lenses and launched a wedding blog. Hmm. And my point then again was to innovate. I just thought, you know, what's what's frustrating for people, and what would they like to see in the world? And my idea. And for this, you've got to like, you've really got to dial your brain back in because we live in a world of Zoom. But when I decided to do the blog, I thought, let's get all the wedding suppliers we can to jump on video online. Let's have a chat about their work and let's do like a constant wedding fair so that people can meet hundreds of wedding suppliers up and down the country, even around the world, actually. Um, And 
let's give them the opportunity to do that. And so that became very popular. Mm. Uh, and that was very successful. And pioneered i mean it's like that pioneered the idea of like online video and then covid hit and suddenly everyone was on zoom and i was like well there goes our usp Um, (laughs) but but fair enough because i think it's it's certainly very well to be to be ahead of that curve i think um and just as just as covid hit we were embarking on a book writing project as well where we were asking suppliers to kind of write well helping actually guiding and tutoring uh, suppliers to write chapters um, for wedding planning books that we were going to put out but the mood shifted when COVID hit wow, yeah. and I distinctly remember the curve it was like f- first there was solidarity there was this huge spike of like you know what we will overcome we will keep going yeah. and we're going to throw all our energy into doing as much as we possibly can but then the wedding stopped happening yeah and as creatives we need that buzz we need that high so what happened was the come down uh after that basically sort of derailed people's positivity and ultimately we had to throw it on pause really loving exploring self uh with james this morning If you are wanting to explore or develop your own self-worth and self-identity, then do keep listening to the podcast episodes. And you can also join our Facebook community group where we have a word each week. And of course, if you find these helpful yourself, please pass them on to other people. Listen to them on your podcast platform. Pop us a rating so that we're nice and visible. Back to the episode. So, James, yes, you were just saying about um, COVID bringing particularly the wedding things that you were doing kind of to a, a standstill. I want to go back a little bit to um, the words that you've been using about innovating and pioneering. And I wonder um, how much that is bringing ourselves into what might be a very kind of generic and environment so lots and lots of people get married there's lots and lots of weddings but that idea of pioneering and innovating all the time how does that why is it important to you to innovate and pioneer because I'm exactly the same but why is it important to you to do that how does that figure in the kind of self thing that is a very good question it's a very deep question I think the answer would be It's more of a compulsion. Mm. I think I think you just feel and sense something. And then a layer above that is the need to do something about it. I can't sit here with an idea and not execute it. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I'm not capable. <laughs> just um, and I, I think there's a chap, a really, a really famous psychologist called Albert Bandora. And he came up with a theory called self-efficacy. And it was based on a person's capability and belief to perform certain actions. And from what I remember, it splits into three core things. And one of them was the belief that you have in yourself that you can do something, the belief in yourself that there is value to doing that thing. And I think the other one was the belief that you will be successful at doing that thing. So it's sort of like a three pronged approach. Yeah. 
and when I when I heard about that theory and I looked at myself I thought wow that's that's something that I have I just have this innate ability to believe in myself to get something done and it's it served me very well from my driving test through university I remember my my, my driving test the day of my driving test I turned up in my own car to do it and my instructor did like an hour prep lesson with me and by the end of it he said James honestly mate you're not ready I think you're going to fail wow and I said I don't think I am and I'm not going to and okay. I went and I passed my test and I would have failed uh because I did a lane change on the roundabout but the 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 guy doing the test said I did it with such flair that he'd pass me anyway so I was like oh thank you oh, wow um, so so I think I think there's a if you are if you are the creative entrepreneurial type I think that's just part of your genetic makeup you you have the belief that you can do it you have the belief that it will be a good thing and you know you have the belief that that you will be successful at it it's 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 those three things yeah it's like it's kind of uber confidence but it it's a bit different to confidence isn't it because I think I think sometimes I believe that I can do something but I'm not I'm not sure I'm going to be that great at it it will happen right. <laughs> it will definitely right. happen but it might take me longer than other people because I'll I will get in my own way and that kind of thing so I, I wonder if there is a difference between the kind of confidence versus that innate kind of I just have to believe it it's just how it's going to be kind of thing um and how self self can it can really get in the way can't it and I wonder if that mm. that is because ultimately we know ourselves so then you go back to experiences don't you so I James took four attempts at my driving test <laughs> right okay because the first time was oh just just a complete write-off I think and the second and the third and I remember very clearly after the third um saying a bit of a prayer and saying to God please please just let me pass please let me pass just give me a miracle and I remember God kind of saying to me you're not passing on a miracle you've got to know how to drive <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's what you need to do you need to go away and really you know learn how to drive mm. and then you're going to pass but I was so so nervous particularly every time the instructor came next to me the, the test guy I was just that was when I kind of lost it all and that that knowledge and then all the experiences that I failed the first time and the second time and the third time it's interesting isn't it I wonder how much experience of self stops us from doing things what you've described there is is a perfect example of how someone fits into that that model like you had the belief that you could do it or you wouldn't have sat the exam yeah yeah but then you didn't quite have the belief that you were going to be successful at it there was like a level of doubt so you can see that once you this is what I love about psychology like I'm not a psychologist I'm trained to be a counselor so I'm more interested in the feelings but you can see how the psychology fits in like the, the way we think about things and the way we're able to kind of cognitively process what we are experiencing, the easier it is to categorize and work out what's going on for us. Experience is, is complicated, but once we know how to categorize it and understand it, we can go, oh, so I'm lacking in this area. And once I understand that I'm lacking in that area, that's the area I can go and work on. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much I think emotions get in the way a lot as well, don't you? Because if I was a much more kind of rational 
um, uh, just a factual person, I would say, well, the first test didn't work because of that. And the okay. second test didn't work because of that. But actually what I did was I had a complete meltdown in the first oh, one. Of and I was a dreadful person. Yeah, and your that's, emotions that's our human experience. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. Um, going back into, uh, you know, the, the COVID time and the lockdown and everything, it's interesting how different people responded to it because I think some people found that amount of space and quiet because it was quiet even if we were in a house with family and things like that around mm. there was just a global kind of quietening wasn't it was. it it was almost like you know when snow falls everything was just yeah. blanketed with this piece um and for some people um and particularly I think for creative people there was this burdening of all the things that they'd wanted to do and suddenly they had the time to kind of do it and mm. all these podcasts and things created but for some people having all that time with themselves was an incredibly difficult thing right. um I wonder how you kind of see how that did you ever see that in other people that maybe that you knew or people that were getting in touch with you on Instagram I could feel I could certainly feel this is what this is what pushed me into counseling I could feel people I cared about um, that we'd worked with for years, I could feel their disappointment, fear, uh, what other words to describe it? This, this lack of, the draining lack of creativity where I think existentially they're just challenged to live because they don't have any of that buzz. They can't get that fix and creative people tend to need that process. Mm. So, yeah, very much so. And I've heard many, many horror stories of people just locking themselves up in their houses and not knowing what life is about. And it depends. I think it depends largely on what the person needs. Yeah. And a lot of us need a lot of social activity. Yeah. To, to thrive and survive. Yeah. I don't know about you. I found that there was a lot, a lot more understanding of introvert, extrovert and Right. Oh, oh, it's okay to be in my house and I don't have anywhere to go or anywhere that I have to say, actually, I'd rather not go. Yeah. <laughs> um, people, it, it felt like people started to kind of really notice what they what they needed. And as you said, at, at times that was very difficult for, for people, but it was also incredibly helpful for people, I think, to be able to say, all right okay I've never experienced this before but actually this was what I needed just a bit of a it was a bit of a reset wasn't it I think it was it was a big reset mm -hmm. really was I mean in in my situation um I got COVID and then that that led to long COVID and so that was completely life-changing for me and it was mm -hmm. actually where I kind of started the the podcast and and going back to what we were talking about that pioneering and and that need to create I mean I I wrote so many poems particularly over that time and, and since since I've been unwell um but I found that really helpful to re uh, reflect on self do you do you find that you have creative processes that you go through or things that you do creatively to reflect on self um yeah so part part of our practice 
as counsellors is to be very self-reflective. So there's lots of journaling. Mm. Just about every experience in life gets put through a reflective process. Um, yeah. It's very, very, it's very detailed as well. It's it's looking at feelings, what happened practically, our reaction to it, what we do differently next time. There's a lot of forward planning. Yeah. Um, certainly a lot of tying things back to theory and I think this is one of the things that's helped me tremendously when I was um when I was trying to figure out how to how to move forward I, I had the the pleasure of speaking to a trainee psychologist who said to me um are you reading books and I said well no not really I love books but, but I'm not really reading and it was her that sort of got me reading about psychology and the self and and I think there are a lot of sort of pop and glitzy self-help books, but it's not really until you go back to the, the real nuts and bolts theory stuff that you really start to get an appreciation of how much effort has been put into mapping like the human psyche and understanding ourselves. Yeah. And you'll hear this a lot from people. The, the way forward for mental health is self-awareness and understanding. And the more you can understand your own process and your own emotional state and make sense of the world happening around you, the more, let's say, like functional or able to function you are, it's easier to navigate difficult things when you have a handle on why they're difficult and you have a handle on why you are experiencing it this way and why you feel this way. Yeah. There's like a level of understanding that helps because I think for most of us, most of the time, it's just one mad emotional roller coaster that we don't understand. And we're dealing with such heavy hitting things, grief, loss, pain. And if we don't understand where we fit into that experience, it's very easy to just succumb to that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think again, when we're talking about reflecting on self and you were talking right at the beginning about um, the mask that you did and how you, you were aware that you were masking. And I think there's a, well, vulnerability is very small word for how it feels when you actually decide that you're going to really look at yourself and examine mm. yourself because uh it's warts and all, isn't it? When you actually really look at yourself um, honestly and openly, you have to look at the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's scary and horrible. And I mean, it's like if you were to do an autopsy, it's bones and all. Um, mm -hmm. And I think people, particularly when it comes to, to mental health, people just they just don't want they don't want to go there and they certainly right. don't want to invite anybody else to go there which is that I'm fine I think it's just a no let's let's not let shall we not you know I've got work I've got kids and I need to and yet it's the people that can can open themselves really open themselves up in a safe space that that find that you know they go on this journey that brings them healing and and uh love of self and 
mm. that, that kind of thing. Have you found that in what, what you're looking I, at? I really do believe, Carol, that society has a future responsibility to enable that process for people because yeah. I think, historically speaking, we've suppressed it. We yeah. Every country has its own version of it and we have English stiff up a lot. Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah. We've got a cup of tea. Keep, just cup of tea keep, and we'll all be fine. <laughs> keep going and be strong. And and sorry, but, you know, it's not how it works. We're, yeah, we're yeah. human beings and we need compassion. We need people. We need to hear ourselves, actually. And I think there are, particularly in counselling, which is obviously where my most of my experience is, it's not until you are freed and enabled to say something out loud and hear it in your own words that you truly understand the concepts that you've got going around in your head. And yes, you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. It is terrifying for a lot of people mm. to open up at that level. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people on the course that we're doing, which is, for want of a better word, brutal. Yeah. Because we have to be challenged so much because we're going to go and hold other people. Yeah. We have to be tested to the nth degree. And I've seen people open up and and then I've seen them have a massive breakdown and leave the course. Yeah. Because they weren't ready to open up in that way. And they've opened up too much and they've yeah, shared too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and now they have to go away and process that. Yeah. So it is a difficult, it is a difficult process, but it needs to come from a place of wanting that experience. Yeah. I can't I can't see it becoming a big merchandise race. Keep keep calm uh, and open your up your open yourself up emotionally to uh, everyone. <laughs> it's not gonna work, is it? It's, uh, it's um yeah, it's a thing. Um James, I could talk and talk about this subject. It's absolutely fascinating. And we're kind of coming towards the end. We always do um a little challenge or something to to think about for the listeners. So people listening um today just want you to think a little bit about yourself and I think that's it really even if you just take five minutes to think about yourself and just see what happens because I can guarantee that most of you haven't thought about yourselves at all today this week this year some of you haven't thought about yourselves for ages because you've got lost as a parent or a spouse or as, as a human being and uh, it's okay it's okay to think about yourself. How are you looking after yourself? If you know that, as James and I have been talking about, it's time to become a bit emotionally, emotionally vulnerable. Who are you going to talk to? Who's your safe space? Um, you are important. We say it all the time, but you are important. James, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I can share really quickly just to add on to what you said. I'll share a little story. It just happened yesterday. One of my tutors is leaving and um, he's been our rock and we are devastated that he's he's moving on. Um, but I had the chance to grab him and I just said, uh, can you leave me with one nugget of, of last advice? And he said, he looked me in the eye and said, James, look after yourself. Go, go and see that film. Go and listen to that music. Go and read that book. Do what you need to do. Look after yourself. And that's I'm just going to pass that one on because it's so important, like you said. Brilliant. Brilliant. OK, we now come to the part of the podcast where I do become slightly more emotionally vulnerable because I'm going to do a poem. <laughs> There's not many words that rhyme with self, but we've talked about so much. So uh, just bear with me a minute while I get my thoughts together. Be your 
itself. Have you been left on the shelf? Would you look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I matter. Experience is everything and connection is so important. You are a diamond. Facets of knowledge and understanding coming from everywhere, bringing light and colour, creating you to be you. Take care of your self. There you go. I cheated because I just used what you said. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> James, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that we've uh, connected so much to think about. Um, we'll pop all your links, books, uh, Instagram links and everything in our show notes. Um, anything finally that you want to say to people before we go? No, just a massive thank you for having me, Carol. It's been a pleasure. It really has. Thanks very much, James. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Bye.